Yipfel. So today's daf is daf Tzadi Dalid, page ninety four. Oh, page ninety four in We're to back up to ninety three B Tzadi Gimel Amrei. We're going to go back to Ve'ika um, Amri. Okay, so Ve'ika the Ve'ika the Amar or Ve'ika the Amrei. Uh, it brings us to the first word, four lines from the bottom of Tzadi Gimel Amud Beis. And let's remind ourselves what uh, the sugi that we're in. So yesterday, we confirmed the halacha that you can rely on an Eid you could rely on a single witness, not only to allow a, a woman to remarry somebody outside the family, we could even rely on an Eid to allow a woman to marry her Yavam. So if one witness comes... It says that her husband dies. Or the other example we gave was if a witness comes and says, this woman has a son and a husband, and the witness says the son died, and then the husband died. So at the time that the husband died, he was childless. There's going to be Yibam as well. In other words, we've confirmed, we've established, you can rely on an Eid for Yibam, even though we're allowing her now to marry her brother-in-law, which otherwise is a transgression. Okay, here we go. Now we're up to Vigadamri and we're going to bring another approach proving that we rely on an Eid Echad even for Yibam. Here we go. Vigadamar or Vigadamri. There are those who say, There's no question about whether we can trust an Eid Echad, a single witness, to allow her to do Yibam. That, there's no Shaili. You know why? I'll tell you why. You should know, even if a woman herself were to show up, we did this yesterday, this is going to sound familiar, okay? even if a woman herself were to show up and say, oh, by the way, my husband died and we're childless, so I need to marry his brother. Even if she herself would come back from a cruise and tell us this, we'd trust her. If we trust her, how much more so should we rely on another single witness? Now, how do you know we trust her? It's not, because the Mishnah teaches us. Ha'isha Shomra Bali, a woman comes and she says, Bali, my husband died. He's gone. The is Tinase. We trust her to remarry. Okay. Mace by um, Mace Bailey, and also if she says Mace Bailey, and I don't have any children, Tisyabin, she could even do Yibum. So, is there any conversation over here? Explicit Mishnah. We don't argue on explicit, plain old Mishnahs. All right, you don't, you, you don't, you don't mess with things that there's nothing to talk about. One single witness is trusted to allow her to do Yibum. Okay, now, so where's there a conversation? Where's there a Shaila? Says the Gemara. Kisi Where's the Shaila? Where's the question? The mystery of Amal Alma. Whether in Eid Echad we allow, we allow a childless woman to marry other people. Okay. Now if we allow her to marry her brother-in-law, according to a single witness, why wouldn't we allow her to marry other people? So this is where it gets interesting. You ready? My time at Eid Echad, why in general do we allow an Eid Echad to hold weight and listen to him? Because because in general, we say, listen, something that he could be busted on, something that he could be disproven on, the hus- if he's lying, the husband might show up one day. Or you could even have two witnesses who show up and disprove this Eid Echad. So since it can easily be disproven, that's more reason to believe him now. Because people don't set them... There used to be a time, and this is an important message, there used to be a time where people's word act- and their character actually meant something to them. There used to be a time. Probably until like... Six years ago. All right? <laughs> now it's like, okay, no, fine, I lied. Viter, like, you know, and, and people just move on. Like they, they, they have no respect for their own character. But there used to be a time where if a guy's easily disproven, he, we're, we're not going to assume he's going to lie. People had self-respect. 
So Hachanami, so too over here, to rely on an Eidecha to marry somebody else, like Meshaker. We're going to say, he's not going to lie. And therefore she should be allowed to marry somebody else. That's one approach. Or maybe not. Maybe we should be strict on her to marry other people. Why? I don't know, or perhaps. Time of the Eidechad, the reason why we rely on an Eidechad, we shouldn't eat Daiko Minseva, is because she is going to check out the matter well and then marry. In other words, we rely on her just as much as we're relying on the Eidechad. The Eidechad showing up. We say, oh, because the Eidechad, Mamela, what's happening? We're going to expect her to do her research. However, Vaha, but over here, light daiko uminsiva. Perhaps this woman, this, this woman is amazing. Perhaps this woman, light daiko uminsiva, she's purposely not going to check this out well. Uh, uh, why? Diminsahu disanyole. Because she doesn't like her brother in law. She doesn't like the Yavam. And therefore, when do we rely on a Eid Echad to, to uh, let her marry somebody else? We're, we don't know for sure she's going to do. A good, uh, a good thorough checking. But, but over here, where she doesn't want to marry the guy, so you know what she'll do? She's not going to check it out. She doesn't want to marry her brother-in-law. She won't check it out so well, which means she's relying on the Eid Echad, and she'll remarry outside just because she doesn't want to be stuck with the scoundrel. She doesn't want to do Yibam. She doesn't want to do Chalitza. She's done. Okay. That's the other side. That's the other side of the question. That's the other side. So, so here's the question again. The question is not about whether we trust the neidachad for yibum. The question really is whether we rely on the neidachad for everybody else. Okay. So that's the shayla. Amar of Sheshis. Here we go. So Rav Sheshis says, Tanisua, we can figure out the answer from a mission, and we're about to quote our mission. Here we go. If witnesses come and they tell her your husband died. And afterwards, first your husband died and then your son. Is there a yibum? No. Because at the time that her husband died, there's still children. Okay? Now, so Venice, she marries out in a permitted way. And afterwards, they come back. Amrullah, they say to her, we made a mistake. Really, your son died and then your husband, so you should have done Yibam with your brother-in-law. And you weren't allowed to marry this other guy until that's done. Gesundheit. She should leave her second husband. And the child conceived in the beginning and at the end is a mamzer. Says Gemara, okay, so now let's explain the case. What is... The case over here. Hey, Chidami, what's the story over here? Okay? <laughs> if you're going to tell me where first two witnesses came and told her that she's permitted to remarry because her son died afterwards. And then, uh, and then another two witnesses came and changed it. Why are we relying on the second two set of witnesses? We should, uh, on the first set of witnesses, on, on why we're lying on the second set of witnesses more than the first set of witnesses. It's just tray tray, and it should be a suffix. Um, and furthermore, Mamzer, are you going to tell me that when you have two witnesses, go against two witnesses? Any earlier and later children are Mamzerim? Suffolk Mamzer who? At max, you're dealing with a suffix Mamzer. The heat came like duck, and you're going to say, oh, it didn't really mean, so we didn't mean Mamzer. We meant suffix Mamzer. We weren't being specific. <laughs> Damn it. You don't play around with those words. Yeah. 
uh, you don't call a Suffolk mamzer a definite mamzer. Come on. We said at the end, We're dealing with a real mamzer scenario. Rather, it must be chad. Now listen closely how this all comes full circle. It must be, we were dealing with one witness. See, here is what happened. Here's what happened. One witness came. Ready? Let's pause. One witness came and told us, told the woman, your husband died, and then your son died. Your husband died, and then your son. That was one witness. So is there Yibum based upon that testimony? No, because her son was alive at the time her husband died. Then two witnesses come. Now, we believe two over one, right? So now two witnesses come, and they say, no, 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 no. Switch it around. First, the son died, and then the husband died, so there should have been Ibum. That's when we say, go out and the kids are mamzer. Now, let's read this inside. Vitaima, the reason why we trust the second set over the first set is the Asubetre Akachshua. Because the second two Adam came and weakened the testimony of the single original witness. Halav hachi. But if not for the two Adam coming along and arguing afterwards, Mayhemon, we would have trusted that single witness to tell me she can marry anybody else. And again, what was our Shaila? Our Shaila was, to start out today, if one witness comes and testifies that a woman's allowed to marry out and she's not a Yavama, do we trust that testimony or not? Yes. Well, we didn't know. Now we see, now the reason why we wouldn't have trusted it is because maybe she's not going to do a good checking because she doesn't like her brother-in-law. So she wants to make sure she doesn't marry him, right? But ultimately, you see from here that we do rely on the single witness. <laughs> it's a good proof. Answers the Gemara, no proof. Ah, Gishmak, why? Really, the first witnesses that told her she could marry out were two people. And the second group that came told her she was really a Vama were two people. What was the question? When you have two against two, why should I listen to the second one more than the first one? What, what upper hand do they have? Says the Gemara, and this is going to bring us into tractate Makos. Ready for this? We're dealing with a case of Edim Zaymimen. Ah, what are Edim Zaymimen? They are witnesses that you accept via Zoom. No, that's not what it is. That was a joke. All right, those are Edim Zoomimen. All right. What's an Edzomen? So listen to this. If two witnesses come, dad joke. If two witnesses come, and they testify something. And then another two witnesses come and they argue. So you have Trey, two witnesses. Trey, two witnesses. Who's stronger? Nobody. So they cancel each other out. All right? We're left with a suffix, so to speak. We're left with a doubt. Okay. But now here's a fascinating chiddush, a novel idea that Maseches Makos is all about. And that is Edim Zomimim. Now what's an Ed Zomimim? So quite simply, it's like this. Two witnesses testify that something happened. After, they, after there's a ruling in court to accept their testimony, two other witnesses come and they say the following. They don't argue about what happened. But what they say is, those witnesses who just testified about the murder, the theft, whatever it is, they were actually at the time and place 
that they claimed they saw the murder, they were actually with us on the beach in Miami. We're in the Caribbean. There's no way they saw the murder take place in Alaska. They weren't there. What the words are, Imanu Hayisem. The second group says to the first group, you were with us. Under those circumstances, the Torah tells us the second group is more believed than the first group because they're not just arguing on the testimony of the first two. They are uprooting completely the ability to testify in the first place. And under that circumstance, we do trust the second group. So says the Gemara like this. You know why in this case, in the Mishnah, if you have one group that comes and another group comes, it's two against two. Why would I believe the second two? That was, that was our whole proof. Oh, it must be done with one witness originally. Says Gemara, no, no. Two witnesses originally, two witnesses now. As far as your problem, why in the world do I have two? Why am I going to listen to the second group of witnesses over this? You know why? Because the second group came and said to the first group, you were with us. You have no you have no ability in the first place to even testify. And under those circumstances, we do listen to the testimony of the second group. Period. Bottom line is, bottom line is we tried proving one witness is believed, and we don't have a proof because this whole case was a case of two witnesses. Okay. So according to this Ika da Amri, we're still stuck without an answer. Do we rely on an Eid Echad? Do we rely on a single witness to testify that a woman is now a widow to marry out to the world? We don't know. Let's go. Amar le Rav Mordechai le Rav Ashi. Rav Mordechai says to Rav Ashi. The Amri law, Rav Acha le Rav Ashi. Some say it wasn't Rav Mordechai, but rather it was Rav Acha quoting Rav Ashi. Now note, whenever the Gemara does something like this, it's like, uh, like you know, we're... we're Centuries later, like does it really matter? We just say, we know it was an Adam Gadol, you know, we know it was a, we know it was big shoulders, whoever it was. Like some say it was Rav Mordechai, according to us, saying it was Rav Acha. Not only is it important to know because you know it brings to life the words, but whenever the, the, these Amiram are quoted in various places, so it's important to know who's who in case you find some sort of contradiction for something they say elsewhere. Somewhere else in Shas. That's why it's important to to get down get uh, down pat each and every name. So they say like this: Tashma, come, let's learn the proof from a Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? Incredible, incredible. We trust a woman to say my husband died. We do not trust a woman to say my yavam died. Yes, a woman comes from out of town, and her husband died childless. She says, my husband's brother, he had one brother, he also died childless, and therefore, I can marry whoever I want now, because I'm not a Shomeris Yavam. There's nobody to do Yibam on me. I don't have a brother-in-law. We do not trust her to say her Yavam died. And we also don't trust her to say, you know, let me marry my sister's husband, because my sister died. We know a man's not allowed to marry two sisters, but the way the Torah writes it is Bechayeha, only in their lifetime. As soon as one sister passes away, biblically you can marry the second sister. So we don't trust a woman to say, oh, by the way, my sister's dead, so I can marry my brother-in-law. Okay. So we do not trust her to say the Yavam's dead. We also do not trust her to say that the, um, that the sister is dead. Now, he nihi delay mehemna. She's not believed. Ha'ed achor mehemna. It seems that a, 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 somebody else, 
a regular single witness would we believed under these circumstances. So we should have a proof that a woman's allowed to marry out based upon the testimony of a single witness. Says the Gemara in response, not necessarily, according to your logic, let's say the end of the same Mishnah, a man is not believed to say, my brother died so I can marry his wife. In other words, this is a man. A man can't show up to Besdin and say, I, I have a Yibo mitzvah. They say, oh really, why? He says, you know, my brother in China, he was in business there and he was killed. So now I got to do Yibam. It's like, how do you know? I, I, I heard, I heard. It's not based upon testimony from anybody else other than the brother himself is showing up and telling us that he plans on marrying his sister-in-law because, because of Yibam. We don't trust him. We're not going to listen to him. Interesting. It's similar to the woman not being trusted about her Yibam, but it applies to the man also. The man's also not trusted to say he has a mitzvah of Yibam. And he's also not trusted to say, my wife died and now I want to marry her sister. Are we speaking about this, some deficiency or proclivity in, uh, in the human character? We'll see. We'll see. Very good. We'll see. Now, he's not believed. But a single witness would be believed. Now, it makes sense as far as the woman saying something. So we know why, we know why we would rely on a single witness. You ready for this? What was the logic? Why do we rely on a single witness? Because we don't want women stuck as iguna, right? So usually we don't trust a single witness. But here we're going to be nice. We're going to play nice. And we're going to be lenient over here. Now listen to this. That's on the woman's side. What about the man's side? But as far as a man's concerned, are you going to say, we're going to be lenient because he might be an aguna? You ever heard of a man being an aguna? No. He'll go marry somebody else. Biblically, he can marry a hundred wives if, he, if he's dumb enough. Yeah, besides for Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo HaMelech can handle it. The rest of us, one's enough. Right? He, he, there's no logic of being lenient on him because of Iguna. So you see that the halacha of relying on an Eid Echad cannot be learned out from our Mishnah. As says the Gemara, Ella, rather, you know how to understand our Mishnah? Our Mishnah, Ki Itzrich. <clears throat> when do we need the halacha of our Mishnah? The Rebbe Akiva, Itzrich, Ah, Gevaldig. We need our Mishnah, teach me the halacha of Rebbe Akiva. Listen to this, incredible. We already know this from before. Solka daita chaminam. I would have thought to say, Since Rabbi Kiva holds, if you have a negative transgression in the Torah, the, the, the Kedushin is not Chal. Right? We said the marriage is not valid. And also, the children from that type of relationship will have a status of Mamzerim. So Ema will say, The woman is nervous. She's going to do good research to make sure that she has her facts straight. You know why? Because she doesn't want um, her children, uh, yeah, will say that the woman's nervous about uh, kilkul, about something going wrong here, vidaika, and she'll be very careful. You know why? Because if she does marry somebody who she's not allowed to marry, now who are we talking about? Not the brother-in-law, out. She's marrying out. Which is going to be a love for her. If it turns out her husband's not alive, it comes out it's going to be a love. If her husband's not alive? Yeah, if her husband is alive, alive. now she had an affair as a married woman. And according to Rabbi Akiva, her kids are going to be Mamzerim. She's not going to get a ksuba. And everything's going to go haywire in her life. 
So she'll make sure to cover her bases and therefore we could rely on her. However, uh, Vidaika, so she'll be careful. Listen to this. Kamash Malan, therefore the Tana teaches us a Chiddush. That's the parentheses, okay? Which is that she's not concerned. She's not going to do a good checking. Now, this should blow your mind. Even though once we explain it, it'll make a lot of sense. You know what the Mishnah is saying? A woman will do proper research to save her own name. She's not going to do proper yichus to save her future generation's name. The fact that the kids will be a mamzer is not going to stop her, it's not going to force her. To do incredible research <clears throat> You might say really Don't parents do everything for their children right? The answer is nope That's the answer We don't trust She's only concerned now That's right She's only concerned now She's only concerned now And how many times Could you speak for myself right? How many times in our own lives Anybody who's, who's uh, You know had the, the, the privilege To have family The privilege to have children Do we at times make decisions that aren't necessarily in their best interest. And, and I'm not referring even to subtle things, but referring to things, that, the, the, the type of things that we allow in our homes, the type of environment that, that we create, the type of places we take our children to and we excuse, and the type of language that people use in their home and, and all those things. And you're like, ah, no, uh, yeah, we, we don't think so much about the, the importance of what actually is influencing our children, because we're more concerned about what works best for our image and our enjoyment and things like that. And that's what we're saying about this woman, really. We're saying for herself, and when it comes to her own personal needs, like how we're spending our own personal needs, she's thinking about the now. Am I fine now? I'm fine now. You know, for me, uh, for the, think about to, to do proper reason because she's nervous about the future children. People don't always do that. People don't always do that. And therefore, she's not trusted um, uh, to, to say that that uh, she doesn't have a mitzvah of yibum because the brother died. Okay. Rava Omar. <coughs> Rava says, we're about two-thirds of the way down. He says, let me tell you how I know that an Eid Echad is believed. It's from a Kavachaymer, through logic. Le'iser kares hitarta. We allow a woman to remarry with an Eid Achad as far as an Iser Karis. You know why? Every single married woman, if you have relations with her, you're Chayav Karis. So, if a woman says, my husband's dead, you do trust her, and there's a potential Chayav Karis, if we're trusting her there, Iser Lav like Koshkin, how much more so by a Iser Lav, which is a relations with Yavama. Right? Yavama's not fully married, she's Zakuk to a, uh, a Yavam. So if we're going to trust in Eidacha, teach me about a fully married woman, how much more so should we trust in Eidacha? Tell me what the, what, you know, what the status is by this woman who just has a Zika. Okay. That's his Kavachaymer. Amalei Rabbanon the Rava. So some of the Yeshiva guys, some of the Rabbanon, Hahu, <coughs> one of the Rabbanon, one of the Bnei Yeshiva, said to Rava, one second, Hiatzmatechiach, her, the, her own halacha of her own testimony will uproot your logic. You know why? When she comes and says, my husband's dead, we rely on her. But we, we know that we don't trust her by a regular love, right? If a woman comes and says, my husband's dead, can she remarry? Yeah. Yeah, we trust her. 
If a woman, what do we trust in the Mishnah? If a woman says, my Yavam's dead, do we trust her? No. And that's a more lenient case because she's only connected to the Yavam through a Lav, not through a Kares. She's not fully married. So her, the, the ability to permit her should take a lot more. You see that your whole logic uh, of Kavachimer is out the window. The Ella, rather, Ihi my time will let me have. Now, why is a woman not herself believed by a Yavam? The Kivan does it in this Sometimes she hates the Yavam. Like Daiko Minseva, she'll find any excuse to say that, uh, you know, she'll find any excuse to say that I, I don't need to marry him. Either uh, he's dead or something else happened. Yeah. She'll, she'll find she'll, she wants to get away from him. But Eidachad Nami, but Eidachad as well, keep on the Zimnin Desanyale, since there are times where she, she's uh, hating the Yavam, like Daiko Minseva. Also, she's not going to do her. Proper, um, her proper research, period. Let's just explain and then I'll take your question. If she comes and tells us what's going on, and according to what she says, she's not a Yavama, do we trust her? No. You know why? Because maybe she doesn't like her Yavama. So we say no. But what about if an Eidachar comes and says she's not a Yavama? Says the Gemara, it's the same thing. You know why? Because we don't really trust the Yedachar completely. What happens when an Yedachar comes? Bezdin says, oh, we're going to be lenient on you, but now you need to go do your own research. Well, once we're relying on her to do her own research, and we just brought the logic to say she's not going to want to do her research because she wants the, the Yibum to not exist. So it's an unfair place to put her, and therefore you cannot rely on her research, hence, she's not trusted by an, uh, she's not trusted to say she's not a Yavama, and if an Eidachar comes, that Eidachar is not trusted to say she's a Yavama either, because the Eidachar needs her research, and her research is not going to be done properly, hence, she cannot remarry whoever she wants according to this, according to this approach. Go ahead. You told me two days ago, that practically, in practice, Woman is not forced to do evil. Yeah. So what we need all this? She doesn't want to go through all this. She wants to marry out. She doesn't want to deal with the guy. She's out of here. So, so what do we need all this? If she's not going to be forced, you can still have a guy putting up a fight. You can still have the Yavim putting up a fight about it, putting up a fuss. It's not pusher. It's just it's not a push. It's not a pusher thing. She she wants to walk away. She doesn't want to do it. Yeah, and and I'll add something else. You know, if she becomes a chalitza, she can no longer marry a kain. So, who says she wants to have that label? She wants to have a label of a widow. She doesn't want to have the label of a widow and a chalitza. She doesn't want that. (coughs) So, she has every reason in the world to, if she doesn't like the guy, to say, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. That's why it's very hard to pask in your own shilas. Sometimes you know something It's very hard to pass in your own child it's got, you got, If you're a rough You've got to have another rough to, to make sure that you're not viewing it with a bias Because we all have an agenda In a way that it should work out well for us Yeah Alright Finally the last piece of Gemara Before we get to the next Mishnah And this is a uh, uh, Very 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 exciting uh, Amud Beis It's going to be Gishmak and stuff um, So the Mishnah said Zem Midrash Darash Rebbe Lazar Ben Masya Vechulu that um, only if you got a divorce from a valid husband can you not marry a Kohen but if you got a divorce from a not valid husband 
then you could still marry a Kayan. And you'd be like, what? How can you get a divorce from a not valid husband? So that was the case of the Mishnah where she remarried according to an Eid She married a second guy. And then her husband shows up. We said she needs a get from husband number two. Uh, she's not married. She's not married, right? So what's the deal? So here we go. But she's, she needs a get, but she's still mutter to a kain. Okay, so here we go. Amar Avira Marav. Avira says the name of Rav. Havalei the Rav Lazar the Medrash Bay Marganisa. Rav Lazar could have made a drasha mamish like a Marganisa, like pearls. But Darash Bay Chaspa, and instead he, he, he missed his cue. He, he darshaned it like pottery. Okay? He darshaned like a piece of pottery. Okay. Now, what does that mean? My Marganisa, how can he have set up this halacha beautifully? The tiny we learned in Garusha Meisha, when you have a woman who's divorced from a husband, Afilu This means even if a woman <clears throat> is divorced from her husband, but nobody, but not from anybody else, and I'll explain in a moment what that is, Psula Lakahuna, she should become puzzle for Kahuna. And this is a case of just the smell of a get that puzzles her for kahuna. Okay. This is a wild story. Listen to this. Listen to this. You have a husband who says to his wife, Hareat migureshes li. Behold, you are divorced for me. And usually the, what the husband says is, the hareat muteres lechal adam. And behold, you are now permitted to marry every other man. Here the husband says, Behold, you are divorced from me, but you cannot marry anybody else. I am marrying you with a condition attached where we're not married, but you don't have enough of your own ability, you don't have your own, enough of your own rights to go marry whoever you want. So he's cutting off his marriage, but he's not giving her back the rights, the full rights to marry somebody else. Huh? No. No. So here we go. Psula le kahuna. She becomes puzzle to kahuna. You know why? You know why she becomes? Because, even though it's not a good get. Huh? That's right. Because he said, he said, as far as I'm concerned, I ended my marriage with you. I ended my marriage with you. And therefore, like a regular divorced woman, she's ushered to a coin. If the guy drops dead a minute later, so now she's a widow, she's still ushered to a coin. Okay? Vahainu reach haget the Okay? This is what it means, reach haget, that apostles her. To Kahuna. This is incredible. What's happening here is listen to this lumdas. They're married. They're married. But there's like a little bit of a string of a get, which is effective here. They're not allowed to be together, but they're like married in that she can't marry anybody else. Okay? And there's a smell of a get, meaning this get is completely ineffective, other than. Giving her the status of a Grusha. Wild. Yeah, it is. The Isha Grusha Meisha. That's the halacha. Isha Grusha Meisha. I feel the lightness Garshala Meisha. Even if she's only divorced from her husband. And it's not, it's not, 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 she's not permitted to marry anybody else. Still, Psulukahuna, 
she still becomes possible to Kahuna. Okay. You are divorced from me, but you still cannot marry anybody else. It's not a valid get, but she's enough of a divorcee to not be a, ever allowed to marry a client. That's the that's the Allah. Why do we accept the second the second condition? No, you, you're no, divorced from no, me. No, 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 you're not saying it right. How am I saying it? What I say? She's enough of a not divorced. Well, she's not not she's not not enough of a divorce. If she's divorced, then well, divorced. she's not divorced, but she still cannot marry a client. Yeah, because you're, so that's, you're, you're, that's what I was trying to say. What you're trying to say is she's not enough of a not divorce. She's not enough of a not divorce to, to allow her to marry a Kayan. Yeah, correct. She cannot marry a Kayan. I know he's not a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Why, why are we listening to the second part of what he says anyway? I'm divorcing you. What gives him the right to have no, uh, conditions? Because, it's, uh, because what, what, <laughs> that's how it works. What does it mean I'm divorcing? What does a get mean? All a get means is separation. That's all a get means. So, so that's it. So he says, uh, behold, you are a get from me. In what way? In what way am I separated from you? That you can marry everybody else. That's the halacha. Every time there's a divorce, that's what the husband's going to be saying. Okay, so we, but now you say that the husband says, but you can't marry anybody else. Yeah. So who can What he's saying doesn't make any sense. Maybe to him it makes sense. Uh, other than we have Xerus Akasov telling no, us that you can't marry a kite. That's exactly the point. Once you make a divorce, you, you cut yourself off, you can't leave any strings attached. And he's leaving strings attached because he's saying that I still control you. Right, and therefore it's not a divorce except that the Pusik here is letting me know, we're going to have to go weiter, except the Pusik letting me know there's a smell of a gut and that's enough to disqualify her from kahuna. Fascinating. Okay, let's go weiter, here we go. There's a fascinating uh, mission on my base. Now, there's a man whose husband goes, whose, whose wife goes overseas. They told the man, your wife's dead. So he marries her sister. Now, we don't know if one witness told him or two witnesses told him, right? But it was told to him, your wife's dead. So once a woman's dead, he's allowed to marry the sister-in-law. So he goes and marries his sister. One day, his wife walks through the door, honey, I'm home. And she sees... That, um, yeah, <laughs> she sees that his uh, sister um, married him. This reminds me of a reminds me of a joke. A guy's uh, a guy's wife passes away. A guy's wife passes away. She comes up to heaven, and um, in order to get into heaven, you have to know that your your mom is full of uh, you're you're a caring person. She so comes to heaven. The malach says no. Spell love, spell love. She says, L-O-V. He says, okay, you know what love is, mom, she can come in, fine. You know, and every person, eh, spell care, C-A-R-E, you know, uh, fine. So uh, one day she's standing, the, the, the malach is usually there, and he's to go on breaks. So he says to the woman in Ganeiden, he says, no, you know, maybe you could, you could hold down the fort to cover for me, you know, by the entrance of Ganeiden for a little bit. She says, okay, fine. She's waiting, and finally somebody comes to her husband. Her husband shows up to Shemayim. She says, wow, no, how you been? He says, honey, I'm telling you, after you passed away, after you passed away, I won the lottery. I married the most incredible person. And we've been, uh, we've been having the most beautiful marriage for the last 17 years. And we've been traveling the world. And it's been mamish, incredible, you know. But now, Baruch Hashem, you know, Baruch Hashem, it's so good to meet you again. You know, how do I get in? How do I get in? 
<laughs> she says, spell xylophone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So she comes home and, uh, and uh, she, 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 she's not so excited what's happened over here. Fine. So, so he marries her sister. His wife comes home. Listen to this. It's incredible. She's allowed to be married to him. Top of Ahmed base. She's permitted to go back to her husband. You know why? Listen to this. Because her husband was never married to a sister, to her sister. They were never married. Right? It was like they were having, he was having relations with her sister. She disappears. She disappears. She's, she's away on business for a year. So, so no one said anything. She, he didn't remarry based on someone. Yeah, no, Adam said, your wife's dead. Someone did say yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so somebody, we don't know if it's one eight or two Adam, but it was told to the husband, your wife died. So he married her sister to help raise the kids, whatever. He married her sister. A few months later, the wife comes home. Talacha is, she can get back with her husband. Because the, tra- well, the only thing that really happened here is uh, um, an affair that the husband's having with her sister. That's it. So they transgressed, but they were never married. And therefore, he can get back with his original wife. And he's actually permitted to marry the relatives of the sister. Okay, let's say the sister and uh, the, the two sisters have different relatives. Maybe they, they uh, share fathers, they don't share mothers. You know, something like that. And the, the sister, the second woman, is also allowed to marry his relatives because they were never really married. What happens if now the first one dies? Again, the first one now dies. She comes home, honey, I'm home. Okay, so Baruch Hashem. So he gets back with his original wife. And then two years later, she dies. Now she really dies, for real. Mutter Bishniya. He can go back and marry the second woman again. <laughs> he can go back and marry the second woman. Okay, they had an affair a few years ago, unwillingly. You know, it was a shy gate. They thought she wasn't around. But now, that's Mamas where that, uh, that, that story comes in. Okay. Amrulai, if they tell the husband, Mesa Ishta, your wife died, he marries her sister, the Achakach Amrulai, and then they come back and say, actually, she was alive when we thought she was dead. Yeah, the wife never shows up. But what happens is like this the wife goes overseas, he gets word that she dies. Let's call it Rosh Hashanah Tovshin Pebes. He hears that his wife dies. So he marries. Her sister, they have children. Rosh Hashanah, Tavshin, Pei Gimel, they get back, to, they have a child that year. They come back to them, they say, oh, by the way, when we told you your wife was dead, she really wasn't dead yet. But she passed away a few months later. And this is after his second wife already conceived. Okay, so really, he wasn't a lot, he, he had an extramarital affair with his wife's sister. All right? So, Havlad Risha and Mamzer. That kid who was had before the wife really died now has the status of a mamzer, the Akharain ain't mamzer. But any child which was conceived after the what first wife really died is not going to be considered a mamzer. Rabbi Yaisi, I'm Rabbi Yaisi says, Kol ha paisel al yedei acherim, paisel al yedei atzmai. The cholsha ain't paisel al yedei acherim, ain't paisel al yedei atzmai. Anyone. Who is Paisel al Yedei Acherim, who 
is going to puzzle somebody else is puzzling himself, and somebody who's not puzzling somebody else is not puzzling himself. Okay, so Rebesi says that it the he's Rebesi is arguing on whether you're allowed to get back with the second wife. Okay, because Rebesi is saying that um, if really he wasn't allowed to be together with the sister, so it was because of the original marriage, and therefore he cannot get back with his wife. But the other couple, which was not allowed to get into a marriage, they're not going to be—they're not going to be usher either. It sounds a little cryptic, but the Gemara is going to clarify this. Let's let's wait for the Gemara to uh, to clarify exactly what Rabbi Yossi is coming to add over here. Let's take a break and let's explain the mission. The mission just said as follows: Until now, we've been talking about where the husband is overseas and the woman's receiving the testimony. Right? That's been the case up until now. And it's been big problems because a woman's never allowed to marry two men. Now our mission is dealing with the husband receiving the news. The wife's the one overseas. And we see it's like a little more room for leniency because a man technically could be married to two women uh, uh, and therefore a man's full rights to marriage are not mishubed, are not given over specifically to one woman. If he has a, an affair with somebody else, he still can get back with the, uh, with the original wife. So over here, it was told to the husband, your wife died. Turns out, and we don't know yet, one aid, two aid, two aid, then we'll get into that. And then it turns out that it, uh, it was a mistake and he married her sister so he can go back to the original wife. And then we said, you know, what happens if they told him that your wife died and it turns out she really did die, but at a later date. So then it would depend on when it happened, uh, whether the children are mamzerim. And then we have this cryptic statement of Rabbi Yaisi of, Whoever postles other is really postling themselves. If you're not postling others, you don't postle themselves. I'm a way to explain this. Okay, let's get into the Gemara. V'yafagav, yeah. Says the Gemara. V'yafagav, the ozel ishtoi v'gizim dinasayom. This halacha applies if his wife and his brother-in-law go together overseas. Incredible. Ready for this case? Let's say, let's, I'm just going to make up a story. The 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 Alta Baba, the Alta Baba passes away, and she asks to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. So some of the some of the children and grandchildren go along for the kavur. Some families, the wife will go. Some families, the husband goes. So they go to kavur at Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Word gets back to the husband. Ready? Let's add something to our Mishnah. They tell the husband, your wife died overseas. What does he do? He married her sister. Says the Gemara here, this is even true if his wife and his wife's sister's husband went together to the Kavura, we'll call it. They went together overseas and both spouses heard that there was a plane crash. And their spouses are dead. So the news that his wife's dead came at the same time that his sister-in-law heard her husband's dead and now they're all commiserating. And he goes and marries his sister-in-law, his wife's sister. Okay? The ahani, hani nisuin, the komitsura, eshes, gisoi, agisoi. This 
nesuin, this marriage, works in a way that it assers up his brother-in-law's wife to his brother-in-law. Which means, listen to this, he married his wife's sister. When they come walking through the door, and it turns out it was a different plane crash, they were both actually alive. When they come back through the door, he could get back with his wife. But his wife's sister cannot get back with her husband. Right? She's, she, she, she can't get back. Now, says the Gemara, his, his uh, second wife, not really a second wife, but his wife's sister, right, is going to be Aser, Ishtay Sharia, his own wife, is Mutter. And we don't say, We don't say, listen, hey, hey, hey. If, your second, if, if, your, if your wife's sister is going to be uh, uh, forbidden to get back, you also should be forbidden to get back with your spouse. We don't, uh, th- that's not what we say. Okay. Lema masis loy Rabbi Akiba. Now, what's the logic? We know because the difference between you know, a man and a woman, right? A woman, again, you, you know, if you, you have an affair outside your marriage, uh, it's different than a man having an affair outside the marriage. Not different as far as faithfulness to the marriage, but halachically, uh, the, the impact that it's having. Says the Gemara. Lema masnisen the like Rebbe Kiva. We have to cover a little bit of ground over here. Let's say our Mishnah does not follow the pin of Rebbe Kiva. The Rebbe Kiva, the famous pin of Rebbe Kiva. Rebbe Kiva says, Grusha. This guy's wife is the sister of his Gerusha and should be forbidden to get back to him. Now, how do you see that? The Tanya learned in her Bryson. Listen to this fascinating case. Kolarayisha Batayra. A person has relations with any Arias. Forbidden relationship. Ain't him and get. You don't need to get. If you walk over to your mother, put a ring on her finger, do you need to get from her? No. You walk over to your sister, put a ring on her finger, do you need to get from her? No. Except if you have relations with a married woman who only remarried according to an Eidachar. Okay? She remarried according to an Eidachar. And now... Um, her husband comes back. So even though her second marriage was never really valid, we're still going to give a get. That's what he said in our mission. We're still going to give a get. So it shouldn't look like you're walking away from, uh, people aren't going to know exactly. They want to make sure, they, you shouldn't walk away from the second husband without a get. Rebbe Kiva says, you're even going to have to get a get from a wife of your brother. And the sister of your wife. Meaning if you marry your wife's sister, or the wife of your brother, you're going to be obligated to give a get, again, even though there's no real biblical marriage. The Chamim are still going to say, you've got to give a get. The Kiva, the Rebbe Kiva, by get, and since the Kiva says you're going to need a get, Memela, Itarsa Alei, it's going to, once there's a get, his wife, the, the wife is going to become forbidden to him. Incredible. According to Rebbe Kiva, she becomes Achais Grushasai. Your own wife becomes Achais Grushasai. This is wild. Says the Gemara in assumption. Listen closely. We're saying until now, if you marry your wife's sister and then your wife shows up again, you can get back with your wife. The Gemara says you should know that Rebbe Kiva would argue on this mission. Rebbe Kiva would not agree with this. You know why? Because you're never allowed to marry the sister of your divorcee. And now, if Rebbe Kiva is going to say you need to get from the sister... So because the rabbis don't want it to look like a woman's walking away from a marriage out of get. So now that you're obligated to get, when your own wife comes back, she's called the sister of your divorcee, and you can't get back together with your wife. How's that? If Lamaisa there's a get, she's it's called Gerusha. Acha is Gerusha, say. Okay.
So our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Akiva. That's the Gemara's assumption here. Gishmak. Says the Gemara, one second. Slow down, everybody. Velavit Maralah. Didn't we learn about this? Amr of Gidol, Amr of Bar Yesu, Amr of Gidol says in Bar Yesu says in the name of Rab. Hi, Eishasach. Where does Rabbi Akiva say you need to get from your brother's wife? Hey, Chidami. What's the case? Your brother married a woman, and went overseas. So your brother married and then went overseas. Vishoma Shemes Achiv. And um, he hears that his brother now died. So his brother married somebody and his brother is dead. Okay. So you got up and married your brother's wife. The Amri Inchi, people are going to say, The first husband, uh, we're going to say the, the, the brother, maybe put a Tanai, put a condition on his Kedushin. And therefore, the second brother was considered a completely valid um, and effective marriage. Okay. And the case also where the guy marries his wife's sister. What's that case? You marry a woman. And she goes overseas. You heard she died. You marry her sister. Now there's no problem with that. People are going to say, so you got to give a get. Why? Because people are going to say, that maybe there was a Tanai that was put on the Kedushin uh, from the first marriage. And therefore the second marriage works. And therefore we don't want it to look to people like where we're ending a marriage without a get. Fine. So that all applies by Kedushin. Ellen is suing. But what happens when there was Nesuin? My Ikalameimar, Tanoi Havali bin Nesuin, is it possible to say that somebody put a condition on a Nesuin? Meaning like this. Why did the sages say you don't need to give a get by the first cases? Because maybe the husband put a condition on the marriage. When he put a ring on his wife's finger, it was conditional. Conditional, maybe that I return. And he doesn't return. So that uproots the whole original Kedushin. And it makes like there was no relationship. So now his brother could go marry this woman because she's not your brother's wife anymore. She never was. There was a condition placed on that whole relationship, which was Pukka. Fine. But what about Nesuin? Are you ever going to be in a situation where you could have Nesuin with a condition? That's not possible. There's no such thing. Uh, uh, Nesuin with a, con- uh, with a condition. And therefore, in our case, even Rabbi Akiva would agree, there's no need for a get. And since there's no need for a get, the original wife would be permitted to get back with her husband. And hence, Rabbi Akiva would work out well with our Mishnah. Getting that? Or too many words? Yeah? Too many words. Let me put in two sentences for the Chavah. Two sentences. We understand why Rabbi Akiva says that uh, you, you, you can't get back with your first wife, right? Because now the, the issue is going to be she's your divorcee's sister. Okay, that was the problem. Says Gemara like this. No, relax. Everybody, everybody relax. Take a chill. You know why? It says like this. Rabbi Akiva only held that your brother's wife from Kedushin, if you marry her, you need to get. Because Kedushin could be made... Conditional and that could be lost. And then people might say, your, your marriage was valid. However, in a suin, you can never make conditional. And therefore, there's no way the brother's ever married. Hence, Rabbi Kiva would agree, you do not need a get. Okay. Here we go. Amr le Ravashi le Rev Kahana. Two thirds of the way down, Sadi Dalit Amud Beis. Ravashi says to Rev Kahana, I Rabbi Akiva. If Rabbi Akiva can stim, can go very well with our Mishnah, listening nami chamaisei. We should also give a case where a guy marries his mother-in-law when he heard that his wife died. 
to Hashamina with Rabbi Akiva, because we heard the Psak of Rabbi Akiva, that if you marry your mother-in-law after your wife passes away, there's not going to be a Chiyav Shreifa. Okay, now if there's no Chiyav Shreifa, we're assuming right now that it's completely allowed. Usually there's Shreifa, the death of Shreifa for, for a person having relations with his mother-in-law, but once your wife's dead, so she's no longer your mother-in-law, it seems that it would be allowed. Now how do you see this? The Tanya we've learned in the Bryson. Okay? When a person has these forbidden relations, so there's a chiyuv, shreifa. person has relations with his brother-in-law, you take a woman and her mother, this is zima. This is, uh, this is immoral. Yeah? And, and uh, there's a chiyuv, shreifa. Which means him and one of them. Divi Rabbi Shmuel. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael. Okay, both the wife and her mother are put to death. That's what it seems, which doesn't make any sense. Okay, so let's get into this. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, no, no, no. Isai ve'eshtehem. It means him and both of them. Which also doesn't make sense. Why kill them both of them? They didn't both transgress. Bishma Labai makes sense according to Abai's interpretation. Where they, the nafkamina between them, between them lies, and how they understand the pasuk. Rabbi Shmuel Savar Chadoksiv. Rabbi Shmuel says we're only talking about one woman referring to the mother-in-law. Rabbi Kiva Savar Taktiksiv referring to both the woman and her mother. But they both agree that um, let's say the wife's not there. The, the husband's going to be permitted to, to marry his mother-in-law. Shapir, so this is all, all uh, Shalom al Yisrael, this is all good. El, why the mission didn't include this? Because it's takolel. According to Rav, who says that they're, they're actually arguing about whether you're allowed to marry your, mother, your mother-in-law once his wife dies, that Rabbi Kiva holds it's taka allowed, listening nami chamaisai, the Mishnah should have listed chamaisai as well. That's one of the cases where after your wife dies, you can marry your mother-in-law. Last step for today, to which the Gemara answers, Omar Lay says Rav Kahana, back to Rav Ashi, Nishtazai. Let's go. He granted the Miyato Krami Shreifa. When the Torah says no Chiyav Shreifa, does that mean it's allowed? If I say, you know, I'm not going to, can I do this? I won't burn you. <laughs> does that mean I'm encouraging it? Eh, not necessarily. You know what I mean? As I, uh, I won't beat you up. Well, that means it's mutter, right? Nahid demiyata kromi shreifa. Granted, the Torah says once your wife's dead, if a person has relations with his mother-in-law, there's no chiyah shreifa. Meisura kimiyata kro. Does the Torah say that you're not including the prohibition? Avada, there's a prohibition. Even according to Rabbi Akiva, if a person's wife passes away, of course there's an iser in the Torah to marry your mother-in-law. However, there's just not going to be a chiyah shreifa. Hence, bottom line, the fact that the Torah does not list the case of the mother-in-law teaches us nothing about Rabbi Akiva's opinion. Bezem will pick up from here tomorrow.